Welcome, everyone, to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 59 of the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum. I'm your host. And today I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Chang, one of my good friends, who is also the executive director of student strategy at Orange. And some of you know Orange because they do some amazing work there uh, in the Atlanta area, but for churches around the world, uh, they have been offering some great resources and and just help and, and helping us uh, combine those efforts of the family and, and the church together. And they've been kind of leading the charge and all that. So we get to talk to Crystal today about what she does there at Orange, but also what she does at as a small group leader, as she's in the trenches doing student ministry as well. Um, but one really, really important thing we're going to talk about is this upcoming event that they are doing with DYM and combining this, these efforts to, to come up with something in place of the National Youth Workers Convention that was supposed to happen this fall. But they've kind of pivoted as, as a lot of us have, and they're offering something really, really exciting. They're calling it the Youth Ministry Exchange. And again, that's in partnership with Orange and DYM and also Fuller Youth Institute are coming together to offer this event, digital event, on October 22nd and 23rd. And uh, the price is $150. However, we have a really good deal for you, so I'm not going to give it to you right now. I want you to listen to the rest of the podcast. Crystal actually uh, tells you how to get that good deal. Uh, so make sure you listen all the way through to make sure you get that code so that you can uh, actually save quite a bit of money on your registration. But uh, it's a pretty exciting thing. I know a lot of us were really looking forward to to going to the NYWC this year. Uh, it's, it's something that we all look forward to. However, I think this is going to be a really, really exciting event. It's digital and we're going to get it to connect uh, still in, in that way. And I think it's going to be really, really exciting. So Youth Ministry Exchange is October 22nd to 23rd. Normally, like I said, it's $150, but they're offering you a special deal. Just listen all the way through the podcast to make sure you get that code. We also want to thank G Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. G Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy that's focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. And since the pandemic has hit so many churches hard, like financially, G Shades is actually offering six months of their middle school and high school curriculum absolutely free. So here's what's included. You're going to get teaching manuscripts. You're going to get video messages. You're going to get small group guides, parent guides, Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and even bumper videos. All of that's included. Normally, six months would cost you $140, but G Shades is actually giving it all to you for free, absolutely free, so you can win with your lead pastor during this pandemic. So head to gshades.org to download six months free youth ministry curriculum. And make sure you tell other youth worker friends about it too, so they can also get in on this deal. So thank you so much, G Shades, for this offer, but also for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. 
All right, before we jump into this interview, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Student Ministry Podcast every month. And if you have not done so yet, be sure to subscribe, be sure to recommend it to other people. And if you haven't done so, please also leave us a positive comment, especially on iTunes and other podcast apps out there. That just helps us in a tremendous way, and we'd be so grateful for all that. All right, now it's time to jump into this conversation with Crystal Chang. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, Crystal. Appreciate it. It's so good to see you, friend. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, we we have known each other. I don't even know how long we have known each other. Um, I think the initial my initial contact with you was probably through email somewhere along the line. Um, but then I think I finally got to meet you when you were leading a workshop at orange one time and just blew my mind. Actually, when one time you were talking about how to like set up level leadership within a student ministry. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so brilliant. And I remember like emailing me, like can I have all your notes and everything. So it's been great to, to get to know you over the years and now to have you on the podcast. Fun. Thanks. Yeah, I remember we uh, we met the first time at Orange Conference. We were internet friends for a while, I occasionally like message back and forth. And then I remember getting to actually have coffee with you mm-hmm. last year at National Youth Workers Convention was the first yeah. time we actually got to be in the same room and have uh, a worthwhile mm-hmm. conversation <laughs> without running from one place to the next. So I love that we've gotten to connect. You were one of our uh, trusted advisors at Orange, you're, you're part of the group that we call and ask questions of, um, you know, youth pastors. There's a, there's a number of youth pastors around the country that we call sometimes and go, we have an idea, is it a bad one? <laughs> you have been so gracious to lend us your expertise over and over. Oh, I appreciate it. And yeah, I appreciate all you guys do. And unfortunately, we'll we'll get into this a little bit later, uh, but we won't be able to have that coffee this year at National Youth Worker Convention. But uh, I know it is sad, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later because there's some exciting things that you guys are doing this year for sure. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about your story first, because I don't think I've actually had the opportunity to hear um, all that God has done, uh, you know, through your life and, and to get you to that point where you are today. So um, share with me and share with our listeners today. Um, what is your story? Oh, that's so fun. So I grew up in a really small, um, I, when I say small, I mean a 300 person town and it was uh, isolated on both sides by the national forest. So it's really a small community on the border of Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. There's a, there's a point where all three of those states meet and that's my parents' house. And so I grew up in that community and was really grateful for the family of faith that led me early on. Um, decided to follow Jesus when I was nine years old. And I still look back and grin a little bit because so much has changed about what I believe following Jesus means. <laughs> but there was still something at as a child that I understood this decision would affect the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, I, I laugh sometimes because I think we underestimate what kids really understand about faith. And as a kid, I re- I got it. Like, this is going to change the trajectory. I didn't know the word trajectory, but I knew <laughs> it would change that part of the rest of my life. Um, the, and, and I was really grateful to get to be part of the student ministry in my high school years. That wasn't something my home church had, but a, another local church had a student ministry. And it was there that I felt the calling to work with teenagers for the rest of my life. Now, because of uh, the faith tradition of that youth group, it was apparent to me at the time that because I was a girl, 
that meant I could not be a youth pastor. I could marry a youth pastor, but none of the boys I knew wanted to be a youth pastor. <laughs> so that wasn't very helpful to me. So uh, I took that calling and, and talked to some, honestly some mentors at the time. And they said, you need to be a public high school teacher. And that's what I did. And I could not be more grateful that I went into public education. If, if there are public teachers listening, you are as minister as anybody will ever be. That is a ministry and it, and it for sure was for me. So I did that for about a decade. And at the same time, volunteered. Um, I moved closer to the city of Atlanta. At that point, I live in Atlanta now and um, volunteered at my local church and had began as a small group leader. I'm still a small group leader. Um, I've led a small group of students since, oh gosh, I think my first group was in 2002. So it's been a minute. Um, we've been leading small groups for a while, but also through that, got the chance to communicate with students um, from a stage. I got the chance to lead other volunteers and figure out what it looks like to um, lead a group of people who don't get paid to do what they do and still show up every week anyway. Um, I've had the chance to, to step in and be the youth pastor for a while at the church that I was in uh, previously. And um, and that's all been really kind of wonderful. And then seven years ago, as I was teaching and loving it, and I always loved public, ed public education. I never intended to leave. Um, but there was this one job that I always said, if I ever got the chance to do that, I would leave education, at least for a time. Um, and it was to write for a curriculum company. I've always been a writer. And it was one of those things I told God about and nobody else didn't tell anybody else I ever wanted to work there. And I had no idea where that company was located. I assumed that Nashville or Colorado, because that's where all the Christians <laughs> are. Like that's, that's where those companies live. Turns out it was 10 minutes from my house. And uh, um, it's a long story, but I eavesdropped on a Starbucks conversation once and found out that they had an opening for a writer. And that's how I ended up where I am now. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize that's how it started. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, really, really mystical and magical. I eavesdropped on a conversation at Starbucks when I was supposed to be tutoring a kid and uh, went, oh, they, they need a writer for high school? I can help with that. <laughs> you're like, yeah, 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 kid. Uh, just keep working on what you're doing. Um, yes. What was that yes. over there? <laughs> Verge, here? conjugation, keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So there that's is, so cool. There is one piece of that story that I left out though, that is a really important piece. The same year that I eavesdropped on the Starbucks conversation, I also married the most wonderful human and he, uh, we've been married for seven years now, but wow. Tom Chang is just the absolute best. So we got married and changed jobs and changed out, you know, moved, moved to a different place all at the same time. So it was a big nice. year. Nice, nice. And he's not a youth pastor. <laughs> he so. is not a youth pastor. He's in marketing for an internet security company. We could not be more different. <laughs> and you may see our one and only child wandering around here. There's a chihuahua that you may see uh, in the background here. But we have a, a very angry elderly chihuahua named Javier. <laughs> nice. I did. Oh, there he is right there. Yep. So. Hey, Bobby, cool. you heard your name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Well, let's let's talk about your ministry. And I know there, it's kind of multifaceted because you are uh, in, in volunteer ministry, you're, all, all those things that you do at Orange. Uh, let's talk about your volunteer ministries a little bit because I know, like you said, you've been you've been a small group leader for a while. And if am I correct that you just graduated a group? Is that is that right? <sighs> You are Sorry, correct. I didn't, I'm I didn't a bring up a bad, bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's an exciting thing. We'll focus on the exciting part of it. Um, it is. Yeah. So, what so was that? Good. What was that like being a small group leader over the years? Like, what does that look like for you? How do you do that? So, I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I've done this a number of times. The very first group of girls that I had as a small group turned 30 this year, which is wow. just wild. Um, and watching them grow up has been fun. I actually get to lead alongside a few of them, which is neat. Um, but this last group of girls has been uh, just just a joy and an adventure. They Every group is different. You know, every volunteer you talk to would say that. Every group is different. Um, what I appreciate about the church I attend now is that a four-year commitment is required. And I remember when they first told me that, I was like, look, I've been committed to youth ministry for 20 years. I don't know if I can commit to four years in the same group. <laughs> and they said, well, that's, that's what it is. That's what you have to do. And I was like, okay, I'm in, I'll do it. And um, I never imagined the value of that long-term volunteer commitment. One of the things that I keep thinking about is there were uh, two or three girls in my group that showed up freshman year and I didn't see them again for three or four years. Mm. And they came back. And they came back to our group and they came back to me as a leader. And I kept thinking, what if they had a different group? What if they had a different leader? What if they didn't know who to come back to? What if they didn't have a phone number to text? Like, what, where, what would have happened then? And so having girls leave and come back has been really fun. Um, and just developing, you know, relational collateral over four years is really helpful because, the whole freshman year, I love talking to freshman leaders and just saying, hey, this year is going to be hard. And if you expect it to not be hard, you're going to be so disappointed. But if you stick with it for another year, the hard part of this year will be worth it. Because mm. freshman year is just all investment. You don't get anything back. It's like having a newborn. Like they don't <laughs> give you any smiles. They don't give you anything. <laughs> There's no payoff with freshmen. And if you take freshmen again after leading a freshman group, it's like getting in line for a roller coaster. And when it's your turn, you get in line again. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you never even got to the ride. You never even got to the good part. So um, it was really fun to, to share that sort of long ride with this group. And, and particularly, I started thinking about their sophomore year because I realized their sophomore year, how fast this was going, that we were halfway through their summer camps. We were halfway through their retreats. And I started thinking about what graduation would look like and what it looked like for every other group I'd ever led and what that meant for their, you know, we all know the statistics in youth ministry about what happens um, after they leave high school. And I didn't want that for my girls, but I also didn't know how to prevent that for my girls. And so we spent a lot of time talking about, um, my co-leader and I talking about what it would look like to love them after they graduate and i tell you what we did not anticipate was a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't see this coming. <laughs> we had great plans for all these beautiful, meaningful events we would do senior year. <laughs> we did not plan any of them on zoom. That's not what we had in mind. Right. 
Um, but what we did decide early on was that we would not immediately take another group mm. that we would walk with this group a little longer. And we weren't sure what that meant, but we knew that we would stay in contact with them, that we would, you know, get them settled into the next stage of life. And I am so grateful in so many ways. I'm like, well, God knew. And he sort of, you know, he guided us in a, to, toward the place that we needed to be. And before we had any idea how much we would need to be here, because I cannot imagine sending these girls into this freshman year of college and them not having access to a leader. Um, some of them are living in their new town and some of them are doing classes online and still living at their parents, which there's a level of disappointment that <laughs> nobody wanted. Um, so it's equal parts, you know, encouraging their parents <laughs> as it is them because they don't want to be there either. Yeah. Um, one of them has COVID right now. Oh no. And I anticipate more to come because mm -hmm. it's just hard to live in a dorm and not be exposed to other people. Mm -hmm. So walking through all that together and sort of uh, continuing to meet with them regularly has it's been a gift to me, but I think it also may be, may be helpful to them. So yeah. um, that's where we are now is we that's are in the first month of their freshman year in college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is that what you guys decided to, to stick around? Was that your, that your own decision or is the ministry like have that as a model? So that was um, a little bit of both. Our ministry encouraged us to take a year off. And I thought it was so wise. So many ministries are like, you know, every, every one of us needs more volunteers. And right. so, so many ministries go, your kids graduated last week. Here's your new group this week. Like mm -hmm. this is how that cycle works. And, and ours said, no, we want you to take some time off. We definitely want you to come back to us, but we want you to come back to us rested. So that was already like a gift that they had given us, which was great. And, um, and then my co-leader and I said, Hey, whether or not we you know, come back this year, next year as coaches, as leaders, whatever that looks like, we really want to make sure that we walk with this group, at least for their first semester. Um, keep the group text going, keep the meetups going, keep the coffee dates going. Our intention was to go visit campuses. Probably <laughs> not going to do that now. <laughs> You could not pay me to get on a college <laughs> campus right now, but, mm. um, but we were really, no, we were really grateful that our church encouraged that. Cool. I think it was really wise. Cool. Yeah. That's something I, I would love to eventually get to. We're kind of tiptoeing into it right now. Um, but yeah, we still need some more leaders as we build that up. So I'm kind of like, uh, can one of you stick and one of you, you know, cycle back around. Um, but eventually oh, it'd be awesome. great to, to get to that point where, where we can, uh, yeah, just give them a year off, like focus on those kids, help them transition and then come back after a year and start with a new group. Um, but yeah, it's going to take a little bit to get there, but, uh, that's, that's exciting to, to hear what you guys are doing there. Uh, oh, so let's, let's talk about the other side of your ministry, um, which is mostly how we interact uh, is on the orange side of things. So, uh, I have had different people on before that are from orange talked about orange and stuff. So I feel like most people probably know at least a general idea of who orange is, but quickly before we jump into like your role and everything, how, what's, what is orange as in, in a nutshell? I mean, you can go to just what is orange.org and find out, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what, is, what is orange crystal? Well, the first question that people usually ask is why are you named a color? Right. And so, <laughs> or fruit. <laughs> yeah, or a fruit. Sometimes we begin with, hey, we mean the color, not the fruit. Right. Um, and, and the reason is pretty simple. We want to influence the next generation. We believe that there are two primary influences 
um, that if these two can get it right and work together, they will have more impact than either would have had alone. And that's the church and the family. And um, I honestly, I think there are people who focus on both sides of that really, really well. We want those two sides to be integrated and work together because the influence they have together is incredible. Every kid needs somebody outside their family who they can talk to. And every kid needs somebody inside their family that they can talk to. They'll never spend more time around anybody than they spend around their family. And so we want those two entities to work together. And so we gave them each a color. And by we, I mean my boss, Reggie Joyner, gave them a color long before I ever knew what orange was. And the, the idea was that red would reflect the heart of the family, yellow, the light of the church. And when those two come together, they create something different and more impactful than either did alone. So that, that's the idea. Now, people, typically when I give that spiel about the color, people go, that's great. But what do you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we resource churches and parents with um, in in a lot of ways. It's with a weekly curriculum. Um, the one that I work on is called XP3. There's a middle and a high school version of that. It's for the weekly youth group programming. But then there's a whole side of Orange that resources parents with books and with a free parent app and with a podcast. Um, and then there's an, an event side of Orange, too, where we resource leaders and um, just try to encourage people who are on the front lines of kids ministry and student ministry who are doing always amazing work. But this year, <laughs> a different Olympic level of amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's so cool. I think a lot of people probably, if, they, if they've if they heard of Orange, they might know about the curriculum more than anything else. Um, and I think I've talked to a lot of people and said, hey, like, um, have you heard of Orange? They're like, yeah, but we don't want to use the curriculum. And like, but it's so much more than that. Like you get yeah. like, you know, the resources, but also the relationships and just all those different things, the community itself. And so it goes far beyond the curriculum itself. Um, but, uh, but you get, you get a, you know, hands on, you get to, to run XP3. So what does that look like day in and day out, you know, for, for you to, to, focus on this aspect of, of student ministry to be able to, you know, make sure this curriculum is as best as, as it can be for, for all these churches that are using it. For sure. So we have this joke around the office that Sunday's coming because Sunday is always coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> always. Every week there's a new week of programming that needs to happen. And now, um, now particularly since so many churches have both digital and in-person options, it's like, Sunday's coming twice. Like there's going to be two different things, two different programs that we have to plan for. And so in some ways, creating programming for all of that is a constant movement on our team. And we have uh, two teams that are brilliant, but also smaller than most people think. Um, we have a middle school team in house and led by Ashley Marie Bohens. She is my, uh, she is my coworker soulmate. <laughs> She's my favorite person to work with. Um, and then we also have a high school curriculum team, but those two teams combined in office full time is only about eight people. It's a small group and we um, obviously can't create a year's worth of curriculum or even a month's worth of curriculum with those eight people. And so for every quarter, every season of content, each of the two curriculums will work with about 70 contractors. Um, and they are typically youth ministry leaders. Sometimes they are teachers and educators, 
Um, sometimes they're theologians, sometimes they're writers and graphic designers, but a large number of those are youth pastors. I know you've been one of them um, and continue to be one of them. And so uh, that's probably my favorite part of my job is getting to work with this large group of contributors around the country and sometimes outside the U.S. to figure out like what is the best way to talk about this topic to a kid. And, uh, and in that way, I think we need each other a mm. lot because I know what the best way to talk about that topic to a high schooler is because that's my background, but I have no idea what the best way to talk to a sixth grader is. Mm. And that's why we need a middle school team. But at the same time, I have no idea what this looks like for a kid in Colorado. I know what it looks like for a kid in Atlanta and I know what it looks like for a girl, but we also need guys who are working with us. We need people from different ethnic backgrounds who help us understand how culture and ethnicity play into this conversation. We need people from different um, theological traditions to help us understand, like, what does this look like in my tradition? And, and how can I lead teenagers who grew up in this family of faith? And so working with a large group is one of my favorites. We work with about 60 denominations um, and a number of countries. And so there's always a, a lot of going, does this work? And does this work for you and you and you and you? And how can we work together and make sure that we're leading the kids entrusted to us really well? That's awesome. I think that's one of the the things that I appreciate so much about Orange is that it is is very uh, interdenominational. Like there mm-hmm. is there's not really a, a specific belief system other than the Bible, and um, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to get some different influences from different people from different ethnic backgrounds, different denominations, different everything um, that comes together. And that's that's so awesome how you guys are able to do that. And and I think one of the the best places to see that happen is at Orange Conference because I love just coming <laughs> together and just seeing everybody that is a part of this huge community and you know some of them look like me but a lot of them don't look like me at all and I love mm-hmm. the ability just to, to connect and see what's working there and see what's working uh, in different parts of the country and mm-hmm. and yeah some things that that work amazing in northern Colorado are like bombing in another part of the our country or another part of the world and it's so cool to, to hear what's working there um, so so normally we'd be coming together, like I said, in a, in a few months yeah. uh, for National Youth Workers Convention, uh, which uh, was it two years ago when uh, Orange announced that you guys were kind of going together with DYM to, to purchase youth specialties and kind of take over that ministry and take over National Youth Workers Convention and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we can't have it this year. So what are you guys plans? What are you doing? (laughs) So uh, we have been grateful. Yeah. So national youth workers has been around for over 50 years. It is like the home base, right. For youth workers around the country. And it's, it was so special two years ago to find out that we were going to get to work together with DYM and, um, and really get to bring sort of an orange side to that, um, an orange side to that conference. By no means was it an entirely orange conference, but it was, uh, we got to bring our whole team, uh, which is normally not the case when we travel, but we were able to bring our whole team and um, interact with youth workers around the country there. And it was just, it was so fun. And it's one of my favorite events every year. And that was actually one of our first questions we got through our our own orange conference in april which was all digital and so fun and at the end of that said 
wait, this is all going to be over by November, right? We can still do national youth workers in person. Surely we can. And sure. um, so my my friend and colleague, Tom Shefshunas, he is the, the CEO, the grand poobah of national youth workers. And so I'm pretty sure that I texted him once a week <laughs> coming out of April, like, what about now? What about now? What about now? And they, um, a few weeks ago, just said, hey, we want to make sure that as much as we all want to gather, we also want to make sure that we keep youth workers safe who are doing the most important work in their own communities. The worst thing we could ha have happen is all get together and have a great time and then take youth ministers off the grid for a couple of weeks while everybody recovers. Um, and so they, I knew that they were having conversations about what it looked like to do things digitally. Um, some of our orange team had had those conversations and a few years ago, um, we did an experimental sort of a, a beta test event that kept rolling around in my head. It was one of my favorite events and it was called the youth ministry leadership exchange. At that time we were partnered with uh, Fuller and DYM and it was unlike any other event I had been to because it was so focused around round tables. Mm -hmm. There were sure there were speakers and they were amazing and we learned a lot from them. But the majority of the time was spent with youth pastors and youth workers around tables saying, that's all great, but how do we do this here? How are you practically doing this with volunteers and with budgets and with executive leadership? And what does all that look like? And as our team started to talk about that, it just seemed like there has never been a better time for all of us to get around a table because it is a blank page for everybody right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody is an expert in how to do ministry right now. And so instead of having speakers on a stage saying, this is how you do. Uh, we said, let's get the best experts we know, which is the youth pastors around the country who are doing it, the, the Steve Cullums of the world. Let's get them around a table and just learn from each other and go, what's working in Northern Colorado and what's working in Southern California and what's working um, in, in South Korea? What is working for you? And, so we're all going to get around a digital table, of course. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not going to be a physical table. Um, I'm, I'm going to miss some of our lunches together. Those were always fun. But I am excited because I think more people than have ever been able to participate in an event like this will be able to participate because we can participate um, through our computers. We are stretching our uh, web systems for all they're worth. <laughs> we are in constant communication with Zoom and with some other um, technology companies to make sure that as many people as possible can join us. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can be part of the conversation because that's only going to make us better. For sure. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I think it's, it's cool for, for those of us that are, you know, in, in the trenches and everything and making these decisions day by day and trying to figure it all out to also know that the, you guys that are resourcing us are also <laughs> trying to figure out what does this look like? And you've had to make your own decisions and tough decisions like that as well. Sure. Just like, you know, we would have loved to have a, you know, more traditional summer camp this year. We had to pivot. And, and yeah. it was the same thing for you guys as well. It'd be great to bring all these youth workers together, but you know, the wise decision is let's, you know, we do have the benefit of being online nowadays and how can we actually make this happen? And I love that you've changed the focus as well um, because of 
because I, I was a part of that, the youth ministry leadership exchange and, and still to this day, like I've loved, loved it and have told everybody, like, if it ever comes back, make sure you sign up right away. Um, because it was such a, a great experience to, to get in there and talk about the real ministry mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that's really cool that, that we're kind of bringing it back in a digital way uh, as well this year. One way that it is different than a conference we've done before that, that I think could be useful is at during the same week there is a youth ministry exchange but there's also a kids ministry uh, exchange right. and i think there's value in family ministry teams both like getting some wind in the sails and also going and getting new ideas and bringing them back and as a whole team with a common language going okay well, what do we do now mm. and how do we tackle this together so um If I were leading in a youth ministry right now, I would for sure be hoping that my kids pastor and trying to get my kids pastor to go with me because there's just so much value when we're all speaking the same language. Would there be any sort of crossover between that or are those kind of two just uh, simultaneous kind of events? So they're not running simultaneously because what we learned is there are, uh, especially as budgets shrink in the U.S., there are a lot of people pulling double duty right Mm. now. And so we wanted to make it so that there could be some attendance to both and whatever is helpful for those teams. So they will run on back-to-back days. There may be some some similar speakers, especially in the main sessions, but then the breakouts are gonna be hyper-focused on specific age groups because there are unique challenges with preschoolers that we will never feel with our high schoolers and the <laughs> reverse is true. <laughs> <laughs> And shockingly, there are similarities too. That's also very true. (laughs) So I I hear that you have a special thing for our listeners today. Yes, there is something for your listeners. Um, We have a code for you guys to use that will give you $25 off a ticket price. The code is very easy to remember. It's Steve. (laughs) Use code (laughs) Steve to get $25 off to Youth Ministry Exchange. Um, and I believe it is active for the first hundred people who use it. So there you go. Thank you guys so much. And yeah, I'm sure our our listeners are already, you know, start to fire up their browsers and everything and put that code in there. (laughs) Like I said, first hundred. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you get in there. Be, that's awesome. And, and that's really helpful too. Cause I like during this pandemic and everything, like this event itself is pretty affordable already, but for $25 off, um, that's, that's awesome. So thank you guys so much for, for doing that for us. Of course, of course. The goal is to keep it affordable enough that every church could attend. Um, but an extra 25 bucks off will pay for your, you know, your lunch during the event. So. For sure. yeah, yeah. And if you use it wisely, maybe a couple lunches. Ah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, so to wrap up today, I'd love to, to, just ask you, what are some a couple tips that you'd like to share with the other youth workers that are out there? Um, you have uh, your own podcast that you're often a part of there at Orange Students, um, where you guys share a ton of tips all the time. Um, so I'm going to ask you a, a, a difficult question and narrow it down to a couple, but uh, you got a, a wide audience of a bunch of youth workers out there that are just chomping at the bit. What's what's something I can take away um, from this today? So um, what are what are a couple tips you'd like to share with them? For sure. Um, My favorite tip to share with young youth workers is do what only you can do. Because there is such a pressure in youth ministry to do everything. Um, For most of us, we're the only person, if if you're the youth worker at your church, very often you are the only youth worker at your church. Some staffs have the opportunity to have a couple of youth workers, but in general, 
it's a small team. And so there's a pressure to do everything, to, to write the lesson, speak the lesson, lead the students, lead the parents, sweep the floor, order the tacos, <laughs> that you have to do all of it. And the reality is we can't and something always suffers. And so often in my own life, the most important things suffered because I felt pressure to do things that were less important but were on my job description. And so my encouragement to youth workers is always do the things that only you can do and figure out how to get help with the rest. So um, only you as a youth worker can sit with your volunteers and lead them well. No one else can step in and do that for you, but someone else can help you write the emails. Someone else could help you do the social media plan. Maybe that's a volunteer. Maybe it is a curriculum. Maybe it's a software that you use, but there has to be a way to get some breathing room there so that you can be fully present with your volunteers. The same for parents. Nobody can speak to a parent quite like the youth ministry leader in their town who knows them. Um, but to make that happen, somebody else may have to help prep the lesson or somebody else may have to order the buses for the youth retreat, for heaven's sake, spend six hours on a phone call with a bus company. Um, so I always encourage youth, youth pastors and youth workers to really sit down for a second and evaluate, not what do I have to do, but what are the things that no one else but me can do? And then what are the important things that someone else actually could do. Um, that's what I think led leaders like you and like me and a lot of people towards small groups driven ministry because there are only so many teenagers you can realistically disciple at a time. And eventually you have to bring other adults in who can help you disciple those teenagers. So do what only you can do. Um, the second piece of advice is one I keep trying to give to myself right now. And I, I am hoping that I am listening, <laughs> but it is um, don't try to paste an old playbook onto a blank page. Very few times in your lifetime do you get a blank page to start over, to build something new, to reimagine, to ask the question, honestly, is this working? And if not, would something else work better? And my tendency is to go, that's great. Um, so last year we did this event and it was really good. Let's take that and paste it onto this blank page. And so I keep trying to remind myself as a small group leader, as a volunteer, um, to honor the blank page. And maybe that means I don't have to meet with them every week. Maybe it means I meet twice a week for half an hour instead of once a week for an hour. Maybe it means we walk around Target with masks together and talk about the gospel instead of sitting in a small group circle in a room at our church talking about the gospel. But I'm trying to honor the blank page and not paste a different older page on top of it. And so I would encourage every youth worker to do the same. And mm. those are both so good. I could, I could think about those for a bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so, so important, especially during, during this time right now, I feel like a lot of youth pastors probably, I, I was actually just talking to one the other day who was at a smaller church and, you know, he's already got, so many hats that he's wearing, but as soon as pandemic happened, well, but he became the tech guy as well. And he became the video editor and like all these different things. And so it's so important to, to make sure you're, you're doing that. But at the same time, like we have been given 
the positive side of, of all this pandemic is a blank page. Like yeah. a lot of us can kind of rethink how we do ministry during, during this time. And it's been really cool to, to do that. So yeah, think outside the box, think about those things. Like what would this ministry look like if you could really start clean? Um, because I think a lot of us have that ability to at least maybe not start completely clean, but pretty close to clean during this time. There's never been a better time to kill that thing you hate. <laughs> than Absolutely. <laughs> you've always had, every one of us has something in our youth ministry that feels like the old couch that we can't get rid of. Um, for a long time in our church, it was a, uh, a picnic that nobody really liked, but we still did. Yeah. <laughs> so for the picnic or the old couch, there's never been a better time to just delete it and move on and say, oh yeah, we did that a long time ago before quarantine, but we don't need yeah. that now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so Crystal, it's been awesome to have you on. I know people are going to want to, you know, check out all that you're doing online with Orange and everything else. They're going to want to connect with you, um, check out uh, the Orange Students podcast and all those sort of thing, different things. So where where is the best place for people to find you online, ask all the questions and, and follow up on all the stuff that uh, you've talked about today? So everywhere I am listed as Crystal C. Chiang. Um, that last name is C-H-I-A-N-G. So Crystal C. Chiang on Instagram, on Twitter, um, crystalcchiang.com. All of those are easy places for us to get in touch. And uh, the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast is linked there. Orange is linked there. And uh, there's there's a spot there for sure to, to chat and ask questions. And I would love that. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much for not only being on today, but for all that you guys do there at Orange and all you, all the ways that you've benefited my ministry. I'm going to speak selfishly here. Um, I know you've benefited other people's ministries as well, but, uh, but it's been a huge blessing. Um, and, and, and it goes beyond the curriculum. It really does. It's like, I, I kind of got tossed into XP3 <laughs> in the beginning. Uh, like I think there was a, there's a combining <laughs> of different curriculums that I was using, you know, years ago and they're like, Oh, Hey, you're, you've got XB3 now. I'm like, okay, cool. What's that? Um, but I've stuck with it, not only because of the content, but because of the relationships that we've been able to make with you guys there at Orange and, and the huge benefit that you bring to our ministries way beyond the curriculum. It, it goes way beyond. So thank you so much for all that. And God bless all of you guys do for, the, for us. Well, that is so mutual for us. You've been a blessing to our team as well as we've gotten to learn from you. So thanks for having me on and thanks for, uh, sharing one of our conversations with the world. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 59 of the Student Ministry Podcast. But before we wrap up, I want to make sure that you guys know all that is included in the Youth Ministry Exchange. Again, that's October 22nd and 23rd. And that will include four main sessions, over 20 breakouts with live question and answer times, four opportunities for virtual roundtable discussions, and they're also going to have a, a big digital exhibit hall with some of the best ministry resources out there. And of course, three bathroom breaks, which is really important for those of you that uh, did orange. Um, that was something I think they were missing um, this year <laughs> was uh, bathroom breaks. So you're going to have three bathroom breaks this time. Uh, but yeah, you're probably wondering like with the speakers and the schedule and all that stuff. Uh, I've actually set up a bit.ly uh, link for you guys to make it really, really easy. So you just go to bit.ly slash YMX for Youth Ministry Exchange. So that's slash YMX 2020. So bit.ly slash YMX 2020. And don't forget to use the code Steve 
to save $25. And it's important to know that that's a capital S and then lowercase T-E-V-E. So capital S and then lowercase T-E-V-E to save $25 off your ticket price. Thank you so much to Orange for offering that. I also want to thank G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Be sure to head over to gshades.org right away to get six months free youth ministry curriculum. That's six months for free absolutely free. Thanks so much, G-Shades. Thanks so much, Orange. We have so many great offers for you guys this this podcast. And uh, we want to thank you guys as well for tuning in. If you haven't followed us on social media, if you hasn't, haven't subscribed on your favorite podcast app, if you haven't left us a, a positive review on that podcast app, be sure to do that and, and share this with others that you think would enjoy this kind of stuff. And uh, again, if you know some youth worker out there that we have to interview because they've got a great story, God's doing some really cool stuff through their ministry, any of that, be sure to let us know on social media. You can actually follow me at Steve Cullum on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow the Student Ministry Podcast at StuMinPod, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter. And then at the Student Ministry Podcast, both on Instagram and Facebook. Also, be sure to check out all of Crystal's information. All those details are going to be in the show notes here on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here once again for the Student Ministry Podcast, and may God bless your ministry. Music